which means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, I have not created the human beings and the jinn for anything, any purpose other than my ibadah. The ibadah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla. And we talked about how we can convert our entire life, every action that we do into an action of worship. And today I want to remind myself and you about the whole, about two very critical elements of the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. One is that the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protection for us. The important thing to understand and remember is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not ordering us to do his dhikr because he needs it. Allah does not need anybody's dhikr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Jalla Jalaluhu, he, his position, his glory, his majesty is independent of the dhikr, of the remembrance of any of his makhluq. As far as the remembrance of the makhluk is concerned, Rasulullah said that there are malaika on every level of the heavens who are in different positions of ibadah. There are malaika who are in the position of ruku and they remain in that position till the day of judgment. And he said there are malaika in the position of sujood and they remain in that position until the day of judgment and so forth. And in one hadith, Nabi Sallallahu said that the angel or the angels who are in a position of sujood and they have been in that position of sujood from the time Allah created them till the day of judgment, they will, when they get up from that position of sujood by the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they see Allah, they will say, by Allah, we have not fulfilled the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ibadah. After having been in, in, in that position of sujood and making dhikr of Allah in this position of sujood, for in terms of our reckoning, Allah only knows billions of years, they will say, Wallahi, by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we have not fulfilled the right of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of his dhikr and ibadah. So Allah is not ordering us to do his dhikr because he needs it. Allah does not need it. So dhikr is our need. And as I said, dhikr does two things. Firstly, dhikr protects us. Dhikr is our own hifazat. How is dhikr a protection? Dhikr is protection because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the mu'mineen are those who, when the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes before them, when they remember Allah, when somebody remembers Allah in, 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 in their company, their hearts shiver with the glory and majesty and awe of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and with the fear of offending Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, just let's reflect on this and say that if you have a heart which is like this, and obviously that is the, uh, that is the goal, that uh, a person is somebody whose heart responds to the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah said, the one in whose heart there is no dhikr of Allah is a dead person. He said that heart is a dead heart. So, when you have a heart of this condition which 
responds to the zikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala obviously such a person will never be able to commit any sin and if he or she commits some sin out of forgetfulness and so on which of course happens to all of us then immediately the person will make tawbah because the heart is responsive the heart is alive and the moment the zikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala comes the person is immediately contrite the person is regretful that he has committed or she has committed the sin and they immediately make tawbah and as, as we know the one who makes tawbah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, forgives his sin and immediately has it removed from his book of records so the person goes back to a state of purity so zikr is protection from sin and that is the number one protection that we need zikr is also protection from all kinds of fears of this world because when you have the zikr of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your heart it's obvious that you cannot be fearing something else simultaneously because you can only have one you can have either light or darkness in a in a chamber you cannot have light light and darkness simultaneously in a chamber it's not possible if if there the moment light comes darkness goes away and if there is no light then there is darkness so the moment the zikr of allah comes which is the nur of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala into the heart then all the darkness which is the fear of this dunya the fear of uh, poverty the fear of uh, somebody or something harming us and so on and so forth all kinds of fears they disappear from the heart as sheikh ali was telling me yesterday he said one of the salaf said how can i fear poverty they asked him do you fear poverty he said how can i fear poverty when my rab the one who owns me owns everything in the heavens and the earth and everything in between and everything which is beneath the earth he said how can i fear poverty when i have an owner when i have an rab who owns everything in the heavens and on the earth and everything in between and everything under the earth so this is the benefit of zikr that zikr protects us from uh in this dunya from all kinds of fears and anxieties and all kinds of regrets and sadness and it f- protects us from sin from offending allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalu the second benefit of zikr is that zikr is reward in itself what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give as a result of that reward is a separate thing but zikr is reward in itself because we know from the from many hadith but even before the hadith we know from the quran itself where allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said fazkuruni azkurukum you make my zikr i will make your zikr you remember me i remember you and in the hadith of qudsi allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that when my slave remembers me within himself i remember him within myself and if the slave remembers me in company then i remember him in company which is better than his company and obviously the company of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu the muqarrabun of the malaika is superior to anything that we can imagine so therefore allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said i will remember and just the, the, the thing the important thing i remember i remind myself and you is that all of these things which i am telling you nothing is new we have we've heard all of this before the key thing is to reflect on this and to think and say that when allah is saying i will remember you what does it mean what does it mean what kind of effect will it have on us taala allah wal amsal allah subhanahu wa taala is beyond every any kind of example and we do not give the example of allah but just to understand if somebody comes to me or comes to you and says uh yesterday so and so was remembering you and the person he is referring to is some 
person who is, uh, you know, wealthy or powerful or he's a king or he's a minister or something, then it's that, that uh, mention, just that news has an effect on us that so-and-so remembered me. Yes, this is oh, wonderful, fantastic. And you know, I, I, I was, I'm, I'm being mentioned in the corridors of power. I'm being mentioned in high places. Now, this is the result of this dunya, and none of those corridors of power are permanent. None of those high places are permanent. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala to izzuman tasha wa to dilluman tasha. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives izza, and He removes this izza from whoever He wants as He wishes. So, what is, what is, and should be the effect of knowing that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Jalla Jalaluhu is mentioning? me by name on his arsh. I think these are the things that we need to sit and reflect on and spend a lot of time by ourselves. And that's why the importance also of, uh, of khilwa, of, uh, of being, uh, you know, alone. Uh, khalwa, which is being alone, which is uh, solitude. Uh, the, the Salaf, Nabi Sallallahu imagine Rasulullah Sallallahu used to go and sit in the cave just to be alone just to be by himself and to reflect and to think. So we need to take some time out from our schedules just to be by ourselves. No noise, no interference, no television, no phones, you know, not even any uh, family. Just by yourself, uh, thinking, reflecting, uh, th- and, 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 and trying to uh, realize the importance of, this is the differentiation, this is the difference between uh, knowing uh, in a sense of information and knowing in a sense of real knowledge and ilm, you know, malumat and ilm. Knowing we know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions me. What does that actually mean? And the knowing in terms of meaning is where there is effect in the heart and in the body. And that effect gets translated into actions. So this is what we need to think and do. Remember that zikr is protection and zikr is also a reward in itself. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to always keep us in a state of dhikr. Uh, never allow us to uh, have our tongue even silent. Let the tongue always be moist with the dhikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jala jala. The biggest benefit and again one of the great protections is that if the tongue is engaged in the dhikr of Allah, then simultaneously that tongue cannot be engaged in something which is, you can't be doing ghiba and you can't be doing, you know, namima or all kinds of uh, wrong speech, even useless speech. I mean, you may not be doing something which is, ghibat is haram, but even if you are not doing something which is haram, even useless speech, it won't be because you are doing the dhikr of Allah, your tongue is engaged in something useful, it's in something which is beneficial. That's protection and reward by itself. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, Enable us to remember all this and to be able to live our lives constantly in a state of zikr. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take us in a state of zikr when our time comes. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Bi rahmatika alhamdulillah.